welcome back to another episode of the Tricky Takes Podcast. I am Connor, and here with me as always are my usual guys, Austin and Billy. Howdy. What is up, guys? And uh, we just had conference championship weekend, so uh, two pretty great games. And, uh, well, let's just jump right into to the first one here with the, uh, the Chiefs and the Ravens. And, uh, yeah, the, Chief, the Ravens really did not look like they had all season throughout this entire thing. Uh, Lamar was overthrowing the ball. The, ta- the taunting and the fumble was just a brutal combo there. I mean, what what are y'all's thoughts on this game? Because I was I was upset. Yeah, Zay Flowers, Zay Flowers had an incredible game, five catches for 115 yards and a touchdown. But he also is kind of the reason they lost um, with that fumble at the end there. I think that's just, you know, it's hard to say because when you're right there, you want your guy to go, you know, try and extend the ball and get to the end zone, but you also have to kind of know when it's okay to do it and when it's a little risky and he extended the ball and it got knocked out and that that was kind of, that was all she wrote at that point so late in the game um it's unfortunate and then he also had the taunting penalty earlier in the game um after like a an absolute bomb um of a catch but 15 yards less than it should have been due to that taunting penalty I was trying to figure out exactly when that fumble happened. Um, yeah, it was right at the end of the third quarter. So that, that fumble occurred uh, right there as the uh, kind of third quarter kind of expired. So, I mean, it wasn't like fully over. I mean, they brought it within, you know, seven at the end, but that was a real massive momentum swing at the time. Yeah, Lamar wasn't super sharp this game. He was 20 to 37. Uh and just the the crazy thing is just the six carries to running backs. I mean, just abandoning what works for you all season, really. And uh I think one of the issues this year that we saw, or an adjustment this year that we saw with Todd Monken coming in and trying to implement more of a a passing game in Baltimore. We saw Lamar, at least in my eyes, a little more hesitant to to take off and run when the lanes were there than what we've seen in the past. And that's such a big part of his game. And, uh, you know, it, it worked for a lot of the year. And you look at the game before this, the Chiefs and the Bills, Josh Allen had a couple big runs, James Cook, and the ground game was rolling pretty good. And then you just kind of abandon it in, in the big game. And – uh that's why I'll get me yeah, Lamar struggled to connect on the deep ball. And I mean, Patrick Mahomes was pretty, pretty special this game, just dicing up the defense and, and just finding Travis Kelsey, no matter what down distance. And uh, that was one of the keys I said, you know, I think I thought that, you know, they had the guys that could match up and, and possibly take away Travis Kelsey with the athletic linebackers. And then the big guy like Kyle Hamilton playing safety coming down and, and possibly taking away some of those, you know, routes across the middle that Kelsey is so good at, but uh, didn't happen, obviously. Uh, Mahomes was just Mahomes this game. I really expected Kyle Hamilton to play a big role in this one, especially if Baltimore were to come out on top. I expected him to kind of box up 
Travis Kelsey, but it's so much easier said than done, even though he's had a slightly worse season this year than, you know, what we've come to expect out of, uh, you know, a top three tight end of all time. I think that's pretty much inarguable at this point. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he was just dominant, Kelsey. 11 receptions on 11 targets for 116 yards and a touchdown. So if Pat threw it to him, he caught it. And yep. uh, Rasheed Rice also caught eight of nine targets. So um, when you've, you've got guys who can find the open spot and – and then make the catch the way those two did this game, it's going to be pretty impossible to stop. I mean, Mahomes was just uber efficient, only um, through nine incompletions the whole game on 39 attempts. And that's, that's you know, a key to winning, along with, as you mentioned, getting the running game involved. Isaiah Pacheco scored a rushing touchdown on the ground, had 24 rushes, which is almost 20 more than the entire uh, Ravens backfield got you had Lamar actually rush eight times and then no one else even touched the ball more than three uh, or on the ground rushed the ball more than three so yeah it's just not a great recipe for Baltimore and I mean if any game played like this is going to end up in a loss I'm honestly surprised that they only lost by seven seven what was it 17 10 and a half or 17 17 7 or 17 7 yeah half and it just seemed like the, the Ravens just did not know what to do offensively, defensively. Um, it, it was just a, a collapse, I think. I mean, just, It's wild to think the Chiefs didn't score even a single point in the second half. Right. I was going to say, just the total offense in the second half altogether from both sides was shocking. I mean, here you've got two of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the league playing with, you know, obviously – Pat Mahomes, as we've talked about throughout the year, his weapons are not what he's had, but Lamar's got some of the best weapons he's got at receiver in his career. I mean, to see the the lack of points in this game that everyone assumed would have been such a high-scoring, you know, tight, close-at-the-end game was very, very shocking. I think the the real, when you look at the total like team stats, what really jumps out is Baltimore actually had – more total yards than Kansas City, but Kansas City had over 15 minutes, actually exactly 15 minutes more uh, time of possession. So, you know, Baltimore was kind of playing from behind, scrambling, trying to make plays at the end, while Kansas City was just saying like, hey, we're just going to tick that clock down until you don't have enough time to to make a play. And that's pretty much what they did. Um, also, we mentioned, you know, if if it was rigged one way or the other beforehand, that was a fun conversation we had last week. Uh, Kansas City had three penalties for 30 yards. Baltimore had eight penalties for 95 yards, which we all saw coming. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I did want to mention is a little bit more fun outside the, the actual game. Um, well, it was a part of the game. It was one play, and uh, it was Lamar Jackson doing his uh, pick me, Jamal Charles throw it to himself he didn't quite uh it wasn't quite full jamal charles throwing it you know 60 yards downfield to himself but it was still a 13 yard reception (laughs) which is crazy i mean i remember seeing it uh a couple years ago in the playoffs marcus Uh, Mariota. 
Yeah, he, he did it with the Titans. It was against the Chiefs. Yeah. I thought it was with the other note was the Titans. You're right. Yeah, it was definitely the Titans. I want to say, Billy, was I – I want to say I was, like, at your house when it happened or, like, we were together. I remember – Um. Yeah, I don't remember what year is it? Like 2018? 2018, 17, 18. 17 like or 18. So probably been college. Yeah, it was like freshman year of college. And it was for a touchdown when Mar- when Mariota did it. It was, yes. Yeah, he took it in. Crazy. Absolutely absurd. Um, it's a fun play. It was uh Sports Center's number one play. Uh did y'all see uh Brandon Ayuk's <laughs> reaction? <laughs> No, I did not. Brandon Ayuk uh, also had a pretty crazy play this weekend. And uh, it got number two, and he was, like, upset. He thought his play should have been number one. Um, it was a pretty he, great play. It was. I, I don't want to spoil that play until we to move over to the, the next game. Is there anything else you want to mention about this first game? The little scuffle before. With, yeah. With oh, yeah. That... Kelsey and Justin, Justin Tucker. Yep. Uh, Chiefs were pretty serious about it, apparently. Uh, Travis said on his podcast, you know, he was pretty dead serious about it. And Justin Tucker was kind of making fun of it a little bit. And uh, and apparently it wasn't a joking matter for the Chiefs. Yeah, I I don't know. I didn't like the way that Patton... Travis reacted to that honestly. Thought it wasn't it was... a good look. No, it was a bit much from those two. I mean, it's it's Justin Tucker. I think he's earned a little bit of respect. He, you, you could have gone around him very easily. Like you didn't have to do that. I yeah, at least do it with somebody you actually have beef with. Like nobody has yeah. beef with kicker. Yeah, right. But I don't understand why. I guess that's just what happens: is kickers go down to the other end of the field to stretch early. I'm assuming because they've got to start kicking towards their own team. So my thought is like they go to the opposite end zones, they stretch, do their stuff, and then like as they're making their way to like the 50 or 40 or wherever they're going to be kicking from, they're like still stretching, doing their warm up, and then just start kicking immediately. That's my assumption. Yeah, I I don't know. I, but, but I mean, mean that that apparently you... that's what regularly like apparently that's like the norm. Yeah, like going at one point, end. he's like, Butker's down that way. Yeah. Like, what do you want? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't recall ever seeing a kicker like be in the way, though. Um, I don't think it was any sort of like mind games from Justin Tucker, though. I, I think he was just kind of doing what he normally does, minding his own business. Yeah. I think uh, maybe, and I, he did say that, you know, they were taking it very seriously, but I think it was one of those things that like, sometimes you got to find an edge in a game. Like, and, and if that's something, you know, getting pissed off about that is going to be something that kind of like gives you um, an edge or gives you like a reason to like, just more motivation, then so be it. I don't think uh, there's going to be any lingering beef between Justin Tucker yeah. and the Chiefs players. I think it was just I mean, like a for-the-game thing. Yeah. I mean, the Michael Jordan used to talk about that all the time. I mean, if you watch The Last Dance, he'd be like, oh, yeah, I just 
make up that he said something about me and get my bag and go. Yeah. So, I mean, he, sometimes in those big moments, you got to do what you got to do. Anything else you want to talk about in this game? Connor, I think you had this prediction right. Is that correct? No, I, I chose the Ravens. Or no, I did choose the Chiefs because yeah, I, was, I was betting against the Ravens because of the ref. Yeah, makes sense. She listened. Now I should actually put the money down. Yeah. Well, you you should be glad you didn't put any money down on the next game because you also had Detroit. I sure did. Yep. Now, talk about a fun game to watch. 34-31, oh just two teams going blow for blow. Um, I mean, just a, a true spectacle. The Lions kind of folding at the very end. Uh, I don't know what the hell that was. Um, but you know, the analytics kind of agree with it. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, super late in the game, the lions are down three points and have a chance to kick. What was it? What about a 40 yard field goal to tie it? I believe. Yeah. 40, 45. 45. Yeah. yeah. So, um, not necessarily, uh, like a gimme kick, but a, a pretty high percentage kick. Although Michael badly. He apparently has not attempted a single kick of that distance or further outdoors all season. Is mm-hmm. I I saw something along those lines. Which, I did see something along that line as well. If that's the case, I don't like. He's an NFL kicker. You've got to trust a kicker from forty-five yards, especially like even though it's outdoors, it wasn't like crazy conditions. Like the wind wasn't blowing a gale. I don't think. Um, I, I, the analytics kind of lean towards go for it there, but you know, in the playoffs, sometimes you have to just kind of take what you can, especially against the team. Well, maybe that's their thought process is, is, Hey, we're playing a, a favorite team. We're the underdogs here. We kind of have to go for it. We don't want to, you know, give the uh, Niners a chance in overtime. You know, they've had the momentum, you know, have made this insane second half comeback maybe that's the thought process i don't know i mean and but, dan campbell's just been that guy all year too i mean he he prefers to like he said he's gonna bite off your kneecaps he's gonna go for it he's gonna you know make you lose like he, he's not gonna go out there and say oh yeah i'm gonna settle for a tie he's gonna go out there and try to win the damn game so I mean, that is just his style of coaching we've seen it from him all year but I think that this would have been the time of year to adjust your strategy a little bit. I mean, you've got a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. You've got to give your team the best chance to succeed. I mean, I know they've made it on a lot of fourth downs when they've gone for it this year, but that's not the situation I want to be gambling on that. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a live by the sword, die by the sword situation. That's who, that's the mentality that, Dan Campbell has instilled into this team and his staff. And uh, that's just the kind of coach he is. He's a gambling coach. He's going to risk it. And uh, that's what we saw. And I don't love every decision that he makes, but he's the head coach. And and he got them to this point doing this all season. So he stuck to his guns, you know, and, and, uh, can't necessarily fault him for that, I don't think. Uh, but I do think there are times 
where you need to rein it back a little bit. We saw that a little bit with Brandon Staley when he was a early coach with the Chargers. Some of his game management just wasn't up to par where it needed to be. Uh, some fourth down decisions were very questionable. And, uh, you know, I think we see a little bit of that out of Dan Campbell, uh, just with some of the aggressiveness. And, uh, but again, that's just, that's the kind of culture he has built in Detroit. And uh, that's what he's going to stick to. Yeah. I mean, I do respect it. I, I like him sticking to his guns. I like him being that coach. Uh, and I, I think that he's going to get them back to this situation. I, I don't foresee them, you know, going back to the Lions franchise vault. I think they've definitely flipped that corner and their roster, their core is still so young. I mean, even Jared Goff is only 29, even though it feels like he's been in the league forever at this point. So they, they've still got a, a pretty good window open, and I think that they can only get better from here. So I, I get the this decision-making. I just I don't think I would have been that risky personally. And Craig Reynolds, I mean, was wide open on one of those, right? Or Josh oh, yeah. Reynolds, whichever one it is. Josh Reynolds was very open, it seemed He like. was wide open, yeah, and uh, dropped that one. So can't fault really Dan Campbell there. It worked. All right, I'm tired of having this conversation. Um, Brock Purdy, good quarterback, right? I think we've yeah. all we've all come to this con- conclusion. Good quarterback, but, but uh, the world just cannot seem to get over where he was drafted or his lack of flashiness. Although I do think bouncing a ball off of another <laughs> opponent's face mask for a completion is pretty flashy. And so this is the play that Brandon Ayuk was upset, didn't get the number one play, was just an absolute bomb of a pass to Brandon Ayuk. But, you know, it didn't go the conventional route. It was a throw that bounced off the safety's face mask. Was it CJ Gardner-Johnson? Is that who it hit off of? No, it wasn't. Okay. That'd be, that'd be funny. Uh <laughs> But yeah, it bounced off the safety's face mask and Brandon Ayuk uh, hauled it in for what was, I mean, what, like a 40-yard gain? Like, that was a hell of a pass. It was a 40- or 50-yard pass. I mean, almost a touchdown. If Brandon could have stayed on his feet, it would have been a touchdown. Yeah. I don't think Tom Brady couldn't have made that pass. <laughs> Not a lot of people <laughs> could make that pass. Um, Eli Manning had something kind of similar, but helmet, it was his own player. Cash. Yeah, his own yeah. player's helmet that it was caught off of. Uh, so not quite the same. I think it's close enough, though. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, and I was shocked at how effective the run game was for Detroit. I mean, truly, I I thought that that defensive front would have been. Uh, a lot more trouble. I know I, I did say that they were going to be able to run the ball. I just didn't think it was going to be more than the the Niners could. I mean, they had, I think, almost 30 more rushing yards than them. But, yeah, I mean, overall, just kind of a giant collapse there by the, the Lions. Yeah. Right. I mean, credit to the 49ers, but, I mean, just disappointing. Tough one to lose. Very. I mean, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, because of how he was acting at halftime, which, I mean, granted, they were up, what, 
24 to 7 at half. Yeah, I think it was a seven was a 17 point deficit. Yeah. That largest comeback ever. Yeah. I mean, and just waving at the fans and stuff. You can't then go out and get outscored. What was it? 24 to 7, 27 7 mm-hmm. in the second half. I yeah. mean, you just can't do that. I mean, it almost seems like they just got complacent at that point, and that's when Brock Purdy's going to hurt you. Who's the last player you remember getting this level of hate due to being, quote-unquote, a system quarterback? Tom Brady. I was thinking Tom Brady. (laughs) Uh yeah, I mean, it, this is quite literally the like 2007 Patriots Tom Brady argument. It's like, wow, this guy's numbers he's putting up are crazy. He's so efficient. Hmm, must be because the team around him and his coach. Come on, guys. Yeah, how that turned out for everybody. Come on, guys. Wait. People hate winners, dude. Yeah. And listen, I am not a 49ers fan. I, generally speaking, pull for the underdog in sports uh but i like certain players uh due to i don't know that i just like certain guys and uh, brock purdy has i've definitely found myself found himself in the like list of quarterbacks who i want to watch play football yeah like he's some there are a couple guys on this team I, I like just watching, like George Kittle. George Kittle, I love George Kittle that. out there. Just he's just having a good time every play. He's nasty too. Yeah. He is. Did you? See, I mean, okay. Speaking of George Kittle, did you guys see uh, the mic'd up moment between him and Aiden Hutchinson? Yes, no, dude. D- dude, you have to go watch it right now if you hadn't seen it. Uh, so, uh, Aiden Hutchinson went to Michigan. George Kittle went to Iowa. Uh. And George Kittle gives a really good rep against Aiden Hutchinson on a run play where George Kittle actually kind of like pancaked Aiden Hutchinson, like got a really good block on him. And I can't remember the exact, Connor, do you remember the exact word? They had a quick exchange and Aiden Hutchinson said something along the lines of, you're messing with my proprioception, I think is what the word was. Proprioception. And... George Kittle was like, that's a Michigan word. That's not, I went to Iowa, bro. That's, you're going to, you're going to dumb it down. Dumb it down. Yeah. And Michigan would be a cool place to like have a master's degree from. It would. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, for those of you who don't know, and like me, had to look up that word because you also did go to Michigan. Uh, It is the sense that lets us perceive the location, movement, and action of parts of the body. Yeah, it's Would like when you're it's 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 like when you like turn your head to the left and stick your hand out to the right, but like you kind of know what your hand's doing. It's it's that kind of thing. It's knowing where your body is in space. Yeah. And George Kittle would definitely jack up mine because <laughs> I mean watching him do that to Aiden Hutchinson, he could do that to all three of us at the same time. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean do you think the three of us could cover George Kittle? And <laughs> if we all three lined up in press man against George Kittle, can we stop him from catching a pass? No, because two of us would get blown up 
as soon as he comes off the line and, and then, the other one would trip over us. Yeah, the other person just getting toasted. Like it's yeah. just No. But I mean, even him at halftime walking up to Brock Purdy, we, Brock Purdy was absolutely locked in. Yeah. Right before halftime. And uh just walks up, man, it's gonna be crazy when I can go up there and say they had us at the half. <laughs> And uh, he did, and he said it to everyone. I think he said yep. it fourteen times. <laughs> um, in the like after the game, just like like that, mic'd up, caught him walking around saying it's like everybody. Uh, another guy that I really like on this team, and this is a a recent addition, has been Juwan Jennings. I mean, have y'all seen the stuff that's been coming out about him and like yeah, seeing all dog. his downfield blocks? Yeah. Yeah. That, he is a dog. Dude, that 40... I don't know what the hell Kyle Shanahan does, but there's not a uh, receiving core slash tight end room that loves blocking as much as the 49ers. Brandon Ayuk and Juwan Jennings have, like... They've got to have some sort of personal mission, like a bet between them of, like, who can, like, draw more penalty flags against them while blocking, like... It is crazy how aggressive they are. Yeah. I mean, they've got to have like a side bet going for pancake blocks or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Juwan Jennings. And um, I love – it was not this week, but last week when he pushed a guy all the way out to the sideline and like got up against the table. And like they started – Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, good – eight yards off the field yeah they, i mean he was fighting the whole way and then at the end he just like gets up and runs back and the, the guy he was blocking was like super pissed off and and kyle shannon was like that's not a bit like that's nothing like you should see him in practice yeah that's that's what made me like as soon as kyle shanahan said that i was like oh i gotta pay attention to this guy yeah. and he shows up like every fourth or fifth week with yeah. like 60 yards and a touchdown It's really likable squad. What was that? I had I hadn't been either. I've never been a Juwan Jennings fan. He went to Tennessee. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, I you guys know how much of a Brandon Ayuk fan I've always been. Oh yeah. Um, ever since you know he came out, I of came out of college, I knew um he was kind of going to be special, or I thought he was. Um. But yeah, I mean, all I think the the Lions also have one of the most likable rosters in mm-hmm. the NFL. Aiden Hutchinson is fantastic. Uh, Jared Goff, I think, is a pretty likable guy at this point in his career. Um, Sam Laporta seems to be. Pre- I mean, he's a rookie, so haven't he hasn't shown his personality too too much, but he seems yeah. pretty cool. Um, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. A lot of people are going to hate on the Chiefs because. Um, they've been so good for so long, and and uh, people hate Patrick Mahomes' personality. I don't know why. I don't think it. Here's what I think. I think it's, it's because of his wife and his brother. Yeah, and they just use that against him. Because I think he's really likable, but the people around him are not. It's it's the walk. I've never <laughs> yeah. I've never understood that. I, I, a lot of people talk about the the Pat Mahomes walk, but I I've never understood that. But I do think the the you're right, like the the stuff that always comes out about his wife and brother does kind of reflect poorly on him. All right, um, 
I think that pretty much wraps up our, our conference championship review review. We'll talk about Super Bowl preview next week. Uh, I, I did kind of want to mention uh, the Pro Bowl rosters and uh, talk about how Gardner Menchu deserves to be a Pro Bowler. <laughs> Let's hear I, will, I will die on this hill. Uh, Tyler Huntley should have been, um, you know, all pro last year. He got snubbed from that, but glad he made the Pro Bowl. Same with Gardner Minshew this year. These are the quarterbacks of the NFL, the future, and I don't want to hear any arguments otherwise. I have no argument for it, by the way. I just, I, I just feel yeah. very strongly. You know who's not on the Pro Bowl roster that should be from the AFC who's over that? Gardner Minshew? Josh Allen. I mean. That's an easy one right there. It's got to be a reason that he just declined, right? No, because Lamar's on the or he he made it, but Lamar declined. The Pro Bowl is by far the worst, you know, all star game in sports. The Such NBA does the NBA does it right. Uh, well, the NBA is in a weird spot. It used mm-hmm. to be awesome, then it was kind of lame. Now it's cool again. It's better. It's yeah, it's better. Um, MLB has always been a fantastic All Star game. Yes, uh, and then with the home run derby included in that, um, MLB All Star Weekend. I think if you're if you're into baseball, MLB All Star fan All Star Weekend is going to be your favorite. It's if you're amazing. not if you're not into baseball, I recommend watching it. It's a really good way to like get into the sport. It's just so much fun. All the players are like mic'd up on the field. They're talking to the, the managers in the dugout, players in the dugout. They've got some antics going on, but it's like actual baseball being played as well. Like, so it's awesome. Well, and you see the best of the best come together. Yeah, you don't like see, is- you know, the Gardner Minshew of MLB. Well, so in MLB, there is an interesting thing where every yes. team gets one all-star. So you do occasionally see the odd all-star Um but sometimes they come up big, like uh, in the 2023 MLB All-Star Game, the National League uh, MVP, like the MVP of the All-Star Game was the Rockies catcher Diaz, who, mm-hmm. um, I mean, at least Diaz is not by any stretch that means an All-Star caliber player, but the Rockies had to have somebody. He was the guy, stepped up and hit a really big home run late in the game and won MVP of the All-Star Game, I believe. I mean, that's... But baseball is a much, much different sport than than football, and yes. anybody can step up and be big like that in <clears> baseball. <throat> in football, um, Gardner Minshew probably is not stepping up and and leading the AFC to a <laughs> winning the uh, All Star game this no. season. No, definitely not. One thing I was not surprised was the uh, the amount of Miami Dolphins players on this list in the AFC or skill position players at least I mean they've got Tua as the starting quarterback Raheem Mostert starting running back Alec Ingold starting fullback and Tyreek Hill starting running back or wide receiver yeah it's a lot of dudes this is actually um, the first season since the year 2000 that the Patriots did not have a player on the Pro Bowl roster. Not surprising at all. <laughs> no, I <I'm> mean, not. 
there's not one player on that team that deserved to be anywhere near the Pro Bowl. Yeah, no, not not this year, not this season. A few other teams didn't have a single player. The Packers surprisingly didn't have a single player. Very surprising. Um, the Panthers unsurprisingly didn't, and then the Commanders also unsurprisingly did not. So four teams were snubbed. Um, three in the NFC, and then the Patriots in the AFC. But I mean the 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 Pro Bowl is you know giving the fans what they want to see. It's not necessarily about production. That's what all pros for. All pro means, you know, 100x what Pro Bowl does in terms of like actual on the field, like uh, giving players their flowers. Um, pro Bowl is is much more for the fans. It's like who is popular, who um, do they want to see do play dodgeball? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever other skills challenges they have, you know. I mean, Bill, you've attended a live Pro Bowl. And yes. how did you feel about that? It was cool just seeing all those guys on one field, but watching the actual game was kind of like a snooze fest almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to the practices was much more fun than the actual game. Like yeah, see, I... Having a chance to interact with those guys and, and get some autographs and stuff like that. It it was much more fun watching the practices, even though like the practices are the most joke of a practice ever. Because at the at that point they weren't doing like dodgeball and all that stuff yet. Right. Because um, I think this was twenty seventeen. This would be in twenty eighteen. Uh, I don't think they did all of that yet, and so uh, the game was a little bit of a snooze fest. I wonder if they practice dodgeball. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they stretch. <laughs> yeah, like you don't think they like line everybody up, give everybody one ball and like say make a throw and see if like who actually can, you know, throw it and, and... I, think I think they just play for good fun. Idea of who has an arm and who doesn't. Well, I think I think in dodgeball who has hands matters just as much if not more than it who does. can actually throw. I feel like every dodgeball game ends on a catch to get the last person out. Yeah. Very often. You've got to throw like four balls in a row at varying, you know, heights to yeah. get the last guy out if you want to. What I would like to see the NFL do would be a pick up basketball game. I get the there, there's injury risk, but to see dudes like go up there and like dunk on each other, put it on like a nine foot rim, mm-hmm. and or put them on the trampoline courts. <laughs> That's well, real yes. injury risk, but yeah. yeah, slam ball, slam ball, yeah. Well, could you imagine Miles Garrett just Miles, Miles Garrett, Garrett, Miles Garrett absolutely yamming on Gardner Minshew. <laughs> on uh, Mason Rudolph. Yeah. <laughs> and then hit him with the helmet again. Yeah, I that could be fun. I, I do think there is a way to spice up the Pro Bowl, but like the flag football game is just so lame. But like obviously yeah. you want them to play football, but there's just no way to have football done in a way that's fun without the things. Uh, seven on well, seven, maybe, but that's kind of what a flag football is. Right. Like, 
Yeah. I think like we should make everybody play like out of position. Like have that linemen out fun. there trying to cook up other linemen. Yeah. <laughs> um, have it be like showcase style where it's like a whole bunch of one on ones and stuff like yeah. that. Like the shrine bowl that's going on right now for like college players who are yeah, the Reese's Senior Bowl. Yeah. Um and the Shrine Bowl and all those things where they like right. actually line guys up one on one and get them like actual intense reps trying to do things and then have like it be a point system where if you win the rep you get a point and, and all that kind of stuff. I think that would be that would be fun. Um pretty entertaining. I think guys would take that because it's there's like no injury risk having I don't know who's the best receiver, Tyree Kill and Oh, uh, the Deron the, Bland. The, yeah, that's exactly the guy I was thinking of. Having like Tyree Kill versus Deron Bland go one on one for like three reps, and like you know each catch, like a catch is worth one point, and then a touchdown would be worth like four, and then you know a pick's worth four, and a, a incomplete completion is worth one, something like that, and then just have them just go like three reps, like best guy on best guy, and then you do that same with like the second man, second quarterback versus second. Uh, receiver and you obviously have one of the corner quarterbacks throwing it and yeah i think that is a, a good way of actually kind of getting some intensity out because that's what that's what the game needs is some semblance of intensity well that will also that's like a reputation thing yeah 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 that would be a lot more fun how would you do it for quarterbacks would it be kind of wrapped Quarterba into the, the i feel like quarterbacks would be a part of of everything but you'd also have like the quarterback like passing gauntlet or something like that where they're trying to make like a whole bunch of passes like i say you bring back that what was that passing gauntlet they used to do that they always post clips of the, they like, still skills do that challenge yeah they still oh, they do, do that, that. The skill challenge so i mean there, there's a lot of different ways they could improve upon it i just think if you go too deep into it then too many guys are going to be worried about the risk of injury and teams are going to be like not letting their guys participate. Yeah. That's why you kind of have to, you have to figure out that balance of competitive edge and safety because safety ultimately matters more than, you know, having a fun pro bowl. Cause if, if Tyreek Hill gets hurt and then misses next season because he, you know, went a little too hard in the Pro Bowl and tore his ACL, then um, I think everybody would just say, well, damn, why don't they just yeah. not take the Pro Bowls as serious? Because I want to see so Terry. Tyreek Hill also got laid out last year in the he did. football game. <laughs> totally. It was Jalen yeah. Ramsey. Yeah. I, I did want to wrap up the podcast with one non-football related thing. And this well, is before we move on to non football, I do want one of y'all to explain this whole Jets situation that y'all were talking about earlier. There, there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, so Wednesday's article, it was by Deanna Rossini, uh, Zach Rosenblatt. Uh, it was about how dysfunctional the organization is and uh, how Robert Sala and Nathaniel Hackett are kind of in over their heads and how the New York Jets GM was the assistant GM to Aaron Rodgers. So it kind of starts with Zach Wilson being reluctant to return to the starting lineup after he was benched. Uh, 
Apparently, Wilson was told that he would be inactive for the remainder of the season and then traded this offseason. Uh, and so when Robert Sala brought the idea back up to him of suiting up again, he uh, he said no. There's also reports that after Aaron Rodgers had his surgery, which I think you know, was pretty early on in the season, he kind of just stopped talking to uh, Zach Wilson. So... There's also some reports that Nathaniel Hackett was constantly changing all of the calls to suit Aaron Rodgers once, and then that Nathaniel Hackett just wouldn't watch practice film with any of the players. Uh, There's also stuff regarding how Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, the guys that Aaron Rodgers specifically brought over, Alan Lazard was statistically one of the worst receivers in the NFL this year and was, you know, kind of complaining about not seeing the ball and, and the defense not making the right changes. And so the defense was pissed off at, at Alan Lazard. Kind of seemed like Solid just kind of gave up and has actually not as much support behind him as, as people may have have been on the bandwagon of give Robert Sala time. He hasn't had really anybody Anything. to work with. Yeah. Uh, and then the one time he gets a guy that can be capable of, of leading a team, he goes down the fourth play. But if, you know, it's this bad behind closed doors, maybe Robert Sala isn't the right answer right now for the Jets. I mean, I get that you lose the star guy that you bring in to revitalize your team, but you cannot punt on the season that early like that. Uh, I don't care what the situation is. You've got to at least put in an effort. I feel and you like. won that first game. Yeah. Like Zach Wilson led the team to a victory against a very so, good Bills team. Yeah, anyway, I mean – that's just kind of the general sloppy synopsis of it. We all kind of knew the Jets were the Jets, and they've always been the Jets. Uh, but to hear kind of how bad it is really was surprising. All right, so before before we get out of here, I just wanted to mention the cover of MLB The Show 24 has been announced, and it is Vladimir Guerrero junior who just put up a one war season one win above replacement after the season the the game before 23 the show 23 was jazz chisholm who also has not had a a, a great season he did have a little bit of a better season the year before he was announced as the cover but uh, i am just a little perplexed and Vladdy is a pretty big name. I don't want to pretend like Vladdy is like a nobody, but I just feel like there's so many stars right now who had more deserving seasons. But um, I think there was some legal things with guys like Ronald Acuna, who he, I think he's like the cover for some tops game, or I think there's some legal reasons why it couldn't have been him maybe, but um I think there's other players who who deserve to be 
the cover a little bit more than him, but I guess there's always next year. Yeah, and who knows what these decisions come down to. It may be like, hey, we want to appeal to a certain demographic a little more or, you know, things like that. That I kind of think that's where the Jazz Chisholm cover came into play. Like, Jazz Chisholm, super popular with a lot of the younger population that watches baseball. And, you know, who are the people that are mainly playing this game? It's the younger generation. So they're going to want to see somebody that they know and really like on the cover. I mean, not that oh, they, these other guys are unknown, but Jazz was kind of new, flashy, you know, at the time. So, could be why. I mean, I just looked it up, and it's just it's weird the last two seasons how they've been. So I, I went back to twenty seventeen. So twenty seventeen, it was Ken Griffey Jr. So I mean, a, a legend, you know, yeah, a legend. They, they went throwback player for that, but obviously one of the greatest of all time. And then 2018, Aaron Judge, no no doubt about that, probably put up a great season the year before. Then Bryce Harper, Javi Baez, Tatis Jr., Shohei Otani, and then Jazz Chisholm. And then now Greg. It's gone I mean, down. I, the, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was hot. The, the 2021 and 2022 with Tatis and Shohei were back-to-back great cover athletes. Yeah. Um. 2020 with Baez is a, a bit of a miss, but he's another one of those, like, in that time, before we got to the Tigers, he was still pretty popular um, due to his, you know, flashy play and everything. So I, I have to, you have to put yourself back in the mind frame yeah. of yourself in 2019 when you think of I mean, 2020. Tw- 2018, Bryce Harper. Absolutely, I mean, yeah. Absolutely. 2017 with Aaron Judge. I mean, that was his rookie season where he, Absolutely, absolutely record. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's def it's weird. You would think that they'd keep trying to get the quality of player at that same level. Uh, I get that there might have been legal reasons with Acuna, but like, give it to like Juan Soto's never been a cover. I don't think Francisco yep. Lindor has ever has been, a Mookie cover. been a cover. Mookie has not been a cover. Mookie Betts, yeah. Uh, Freddie Freeman. Exactly. Matt Olson hit. I mean, Freeman and Olson are his big names. I think. I think you go with a more. Um, I don't know. I mean, they're both very popular players, but um, Julio Rodriguez. I think. Yeah, J Rod would be a great one. Been on the cover. I think actually, I think he might be in the same situation as Acuna, where like I think he's the cover of a different game or something like that. Um, Jose Ramirez's name was floated around as a guy who could have been, um. The cover athlete, which Jose Ramirez is a much better player than Vladimir Guerrero Jr., yes. don't get me wrong, but like popularity wise, I see why, you know, Guerrero is, is still more popular. Dude, Renato. If Renato. If they would have put the picture of Ramirez knocking out Tim Anderson on the cover, Dude, that would have been the best video edition. game sports video game cover of all time. Absolutely. I don't have the ability to like even play it, but I would have bought a hard copy of that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. That would have been, yeah, the best cover mm-hmm. of any sports video game. There's By also far. like there's also like four Rangers players who it could have been, and they just won the World Series. Could yeah, have also Corey, been Corbin. Corey Seager up there. Dude. Seager, Adolis Garcia. Marcus Simeon. Simeon. I, I honestly go, keep going back to Lindor. I think Francisco Lindor 
um, would be a great cover athlete. Lindor is massively popular. I know, like, yeah. and he and he loves F one racing. He, he smells <laughs> great. <laughs> He's got nice sense. All right, let's get out of here. All right. All right. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Uh, we'll catch you next week with our Super Bowl episode, and also be on the lookout for our friends at the Two Peas on a Pod. Uh, I think we'll be joining them sometime uh, early the uh, Super Bowl week. So look out for us over there as well. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace. Hey, everyone. I'm Ronan Summers, and I want to tell you about the Stat Sheet Podcast. Every Tuesday, you can hear me and my co-hosts break down the biggest games and analyze what's happening around the NFL. Follow the Stat Sheet Podcast on Twitter at the Stat Sheet Pod, and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts.